like a chrysalis. We're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Verisage Institute colleague, Ed Kless. And folks, this is our 250th show. I'd like to apologize. <laughs> Last week was not Ed because we had rerun non-core presentation of George Gilder, and I just kept the numbers sequentially going, so I blew that. My fault. Correct. Correct. No, no worries. I forgive you. You know, go and sit no more. Thank you. So, so for this 250th episode, Influxus Reciproci Falsum, which we'll have Ed explain <laughs> since he's our Latin scholar. Oh, God. Um, let's talk about the backstory, Ed. We came up with this idea in kind of a weird place. You and I were in San Jose. I had brought you out to California to do a project management uh, course for um, my firm. Uh-huh. And then it was my birthday too. That's why I remember this pretty well. Yeah. Um, we went to the San Jose Tech Museum, which was kind of across the street from where we were. And I thought it was a different museum. It turned out to be more like a, you know, exploratorium or they had exhibits where, you know, kids could do things. I thought there, there's a historical museum down there somewhere in Silicon Valley that you know, it's more about the business side of it, like the early computers and the founders and the, you know, the HP garage, you know, that <laughs> they were mm-hmm. founded in that type of stuff. I thought it was more that, but it wasn't. So we did that tour and then we uh, wound up in the gift shop and we both eyed a book and we both picked it up and just started laughing and looked at one another and said, this would be an awesome show. And that's how we got here. Yes, it, that was. It was uh, Tyler Vigen's book. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Where it, maybe it's Vigen because it he does I, write it capital V lowercase i capital G E N. So maybe it's Vigen. Uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't get that that he did the capital G. Okay. At least that's how it is on the on the front cover. And the book is called Spurious Correlations. And of course, we didn't want to give this away flat out because then people would have looked all of these up. So you know, as, as is my want being not really a Latin scholar, but the son of a Latin scholar, uh, I translated it sort of into Latin or at least as best I could and came up with the influxus uh, reciproci falsum. And that's basically spurious correlations in Latin. So there's, there's the full backstory on it. And, you know, correlation is two things that vary together, right? And yep. we both took statistics and, you know, you can draw this plot, this graph and point a best fit and come up with a correlation. Hope there's different methods to do that. But, it, you know, you learn also in statistics or hopefully you learn that correlation is not necessarily causation. And I just started saying, Ed, that wet streets don't cause rain. Right. Right. I mean, or, hey, just because the rooster crows doesn't mean that causes the sun to come up. But 
especially when you immerse in, especially business literature, even business journalism, there are so many uh, articles that just take it for granted that if you show a correlation, mm-hmm. you, you're expecting the audience or your reader to draw an inference of causation. And I guess I, I was excited to do this show just because it's, it's kind of like having a BS antenna. <laughs> Any, anytime you anytime you read, you know, studies suggest or, you know, a recent study or experts agree, your BS antenna should go way up. On anything, on anything yes. and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yep. there's just so many examples. And especially now with big data, uh, you can get these correlations and... <laughs> You know, big data generate big correlations. And as Deirdre McCloskey points out, statistical significant in, significance increases as sample size increases. Right. And, and that's why you're seeing some of these just ridiculous, ridiculous correlations. Um, one of my favorite from his book is the earnings per share of Domino's Pizza Group and the economic loss due to cybercrime. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> does one cause the other? I mean, this may be the most plausible one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Given who's doing mo- probably most of the cybercrime, you know, a bunch well, of kids eating pizza. Yeah, but, but. and that's what's so great about the book is that there are certain ones in here that are absolutely are plausible. Um, the the one that, that that I like is that U.S. citizens. And this, and I'll read the correlation rates on these as I'm giving them because I'm going to get back to this when we talk about p hacking later, right? Right. The correlation on this one is 97.6 percent. Which, by the way, as a general rule, that that term that Ron used, which was statistically significant, the rule of thumb is is five percent or less, right? right? Or 95 percent or higher, depending upon how you want to look at it, right? So that's the rule of thumb. But McCloskey's point, of course, is, is that as the data set increases, that number has to go up. And that's one of the things that I think people make big mistakes about. But this one, 97.6% correlation between U.S. citizens who are able to receive a text message and the price to send a letter via the U.S. Postal Service. Right. Right? Now, you could actually argue that, oh, well, see, that's just bearing out the law of supply and demand. Right, as more as more people are 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 cellular subscribers, right? The price for the the price of the first for the for the first ounce of the postal system is going up as well because well they have to they're 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 going they're going up to compete against the cell phone prices, right? Right, <laughs> and you're like, right. but but this but no, right? Those two have absolutely nothing to do with one another. Um, but you know, so so we'll we'll go through some of these. But Ron, I just wanted to quickly take through, and because I think this is just good setup material here, is that I think, and I came across a blog post by uh, a, it's a website called Graph Paper Diaries, and I'm trying to find the author's name, but I, I don't see it on here. Anyway, he's got a really a really interesting post that he 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 talks about uh, correlation and causation, but he sets it up this way, and I think this is important. These six, he goes. There are really six ways to look at the when you have two variables, right? Mm-hmm. There's the first way is thing A caused thing B. That's causality, right? right? Or is right. 
that second is thing B caused thing A. And those are the two examples that you gave earlier, right? Wet, wet streets don't cause rain, right? Right. But rain does cause wet streets or is one of the causes of wet streets. Right. Right. So that, that's reverse causality. Then the third is that thing A causes thing B, which makes thing A worse. And that's known as bi-directional causality. Mm-hmm. Right. The fourth way is, and this is the one I think is that it is oftentimes the case, thing A causes thing X, which causes thing Y, which ends up causing thing B. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And that's known as indirect causation. Then there's five, and this is another one that is often mistaken, is that some other thing C caused both A and B. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Right? And then there's six, which is what we're talking about here, it's just pure, purely due to chance. It's coincidence or it's spurious, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's, 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 I think, the best way to think about it in the, the terms of those six things together. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, and I like the fifth one in there, too, because there's usually probably something else that we haven't even thought of yet. <laughs> I haven't even thought of yet. Right. <laughs> right. And that, that earnings per share of Domino's Pizza Group and the economic loss due to cybercrime is 98% correlation on on the score that he used in the book um and the other thing that really made me laugh at is is uh undergraduate enrollment at u.s universities and injuries related to falling tvs <laughs> which is a 99.6 percent and and it's great because he's got the graph that showed that the two lines going and you know it, it, yeah. in all of these examples and and it's just a real clever book and he's he was, he's like a harvard law student when he wrote this book mm-hmm. and uh it, it was just something that he you know did as kind of a hobby and uh it's just really entertaining yeah well so here's here's my favorite from the book and because this one is 99.7 <laughs> 99.7. I think it might be the highest one in the book. Right. Like the highest. The highest uh, oh, uh, no, my, mine's 98. Oh, no, 99.7. Nine, nine, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yep. Yep. That's right. Okay. So this is the high school AP statistics taken by males and the chlamydia rate among males is <laughs> 90. <laughs> Seven percentage. So you better avoid that statistics exam. That's not going to. Yeah, you don't want to do that. (laughs) You don't want to do that. It's really. (laughs) The customer satisfaction with Taco Bell and international oil production. (laughs) Seventy nine point nine (laughs) percent. I remember hearing a comedian talking about driving down the highway and he saw a sign that said food, gas. He said it was a Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. That's great. So here, here's one, Ron, that, uh, and again, all of these are from uh, Tyre, Tyler Vigan's book, uh, Spurious Correlations, which, you know, and you can actually just go to his website. We'll put a show, a link in the show notes to it, which I think is Tyler, Tyler, uh, So. Uh, but here's one that honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised if this weren't in some article that he read and was actually used. Right. So this is the, the, is the, the number of Facebook users compared to the total U S wind powered generation capacity. (laughs) 
right? So as Facebook users goes up, so has wind generation capacity. 99.3% correlation. <laughs> well, there's a lot of hot air on social media. I mean, media, you cert- right? right. And you certainly, you certainly can see uh, Mark Zuckerberg going, yep, that's it. So that's it. It's because of us. And, we, and, now, it, there's a there's an example of where it could be thing A causes thing X, which causes thing Y, which causes thing B. I don't know. Maybe Zuckerberg is heavily invested in wind power. Sure, sure. Could be. Yep. You know, this one sounds plausible, actually. Stay-at-home dads and Walt Disney Company revenue. <laughs> <laughs> 93.8 percent that that makes some that's sense causal. to me well, that's causal that's that's clearly causal <laughs> <laughs> I can attest. i'll attest to that one i i'm i'm all in on that one <laughs> uh, all right well we got a lot of fun things to say about this we'll probably intersperse a couple of more from from uh tyler vegan's book uh, spurious correlations, but uh, we do want to get to our first break. Want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com, and that is an absolute causal relationship. You send an email to that address, and Ron and I will get it. Uh, the other thing you can do is check out the show on the soul of enterprise.com where you can see show notes from all 249 previous shows, as well as previews to upcoming shows, and also our calendar of events, and more and more are being added every day, where Ron and I are going to be appearing live and maybe near you. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. If you were confused by the title on the preview to our show, we're actually talking about spurious correlations. And it's a great book that Ed and I ran across uh, by Tyler Vigan. And Ed, when we did that, we we had gone to dinner, I think maybe it was the night before we went to a steakhouse, 
I think we had a mm-hmm. Pine Ridge wine too, which was really good. But because of that, this one caught my eye. Beef consumption and deaths caused by lightning <laughs> are 87% positively correlated. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, that reminded me of, um, I don't know if you remember this, but Lee Trevino was struck by lightning. It might have happened twice, but the first time he got a cable from Bob Hope and it read, next time God wants to play through, you let him. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the second time somebody sent him, hey, next time try a one iron, not even God can hit a one iron. That's correct. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Was, that was his famous line. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But I love that yeah. beef, beef consumption and deaths caused by lightning. Good thing it was, uh, good thing the weather was good and we were out. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But you, you know, in the real world, one, the real world, uh, th- this this stuff happens all of the time. You know, and and we've done shows on different topics that I think that are related to this. And and I know that on Free Rider Friday we have talked an awful lot about things like the minimum wage, right? right? And this, this, is a, this is a classic one where I think economists on both sides of the issue, they, they can cherry pick data and get it to come out however they want. Yep. Torture the data, right? right? Yeah. 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 And we'll talk more about that in the, perhaps the third segment that's leading us into p-hacking. But how about some examples of this, Ron, that what you, you had been, been doing some reading lately when we were prepping for the show and you're like, oh yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. You, it's, kind of, it's the red Volkswagen phenomenon, right? When you, you, they never hit your radar screen and then, you know, your wife bought one or something and now you see red Volkswagens all over. And right. <clears throat> once you and just, once you and I decided to put this on the calendar and actually do this show, Everything I was reading now was with a lens to find this BS, right? And and I've got six examples here, Ed. And I, they're all pretty funny, but let me just share one with you. Um, there was a big article on uh, talking about the the good and bad of advertising, and this uh-huh. is something that's been fought over, you know, for a long time. Like drug advertisements, are those good or bad? You know, the pro people and they're mostly economists say that oh, advertising is good because it lets people. Uh, more aware of new products and innovations. And if it is drugs, they can have you know, more informed conversations with their doctor and things like that. But this thing went on to explore that. And it said, but there was a survey done of 1 million Europeans who self-reported their life satisfaction. And they correlated it with variation in total advertising spending as a share of GDP. And they found a significant inverse relationship. So a doubling of ad spending equaled a 3% drop in life satisfaction. (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, then North Korea should be the most satisfied people (laughs) on the planet because they have no advertising. Well, except except one radio station with Kim Jong-un talking over. Yeah, but that's propaganda, (laughs) right? I mean... But but this is the kind of stuff, and and, yeah. and the Economist is full of it every week, every week. Um, let, let me just give you another one. They they were talking about um, it, there's a study in um, this was the IMF and and somebody else did this study. I think it was a couple of business professors, and they said they're talking about diversity on boards, right? So more women on boards, and, and you know countries and various states here in the U.S. are trying to grapple with this, right? Even California now has a mandate. Um, 
and and the study said adding one more woman in senior management or to a company board raises its return on assets by eight to thirteen basis points, which is a hundred you know hundreds of a percentage point, according to one study. The IMF shows that a higher share of women on bank boards is associated with greater financial resilience and greater financial stability. Now, th- this is unbelievable to me that anybody could read this and swallow this and then turn around and recite it mm-hmm. because there could be a million other things going on here. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of the Bain and company. And this is still on their website. Last time I checked, but they said, you know, Bain and company clients do four times better than the S and P 500. Well, yeah. it might be because they're doing so well, they can afford somebody like Bain and company. Oh, really? Is that, is that right? Huh. <laughs> you know, companies that are about to go out of business can't afford Bain. Hmm. But this is the kind of stuff that you can see every day if you're paying attention to it. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think this, and this is where it is in many cases, worst, worst in business. Right. And you know, this, this, this goes back to, to one of the, our, our, our guests that we had on the show and, and his, his book about the halo effect. Right. 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 Um, um, why can't I think of the guy's name? I got uh, Phil Rosenzweig. Phil, Phil Rosenzweig. Phil Rosenzweig, right? This, which is absolutely brilliant. Look, I I thought for years I bought into the 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 Xerox methodology or 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 right uh, happy employees dilogism, ha- dilogism yeah, yeah. for yeah. for that for for years, right? That you know, ha- employee employee satisfaction yields customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction yields financial performance. Yeah. Right. I bought that for years. I was big into it, right? I, I, when I own my own company, one of the things we focused on, all right, let's figure out if we make our employees happy, they'll take care of our customers. If we keep our customers happy, that will increase our financial performance, right? Well, Rosenzweig was great in completely destroying that one for me because he's like, you know, maybe it's because Google and Amazon and all this art and Facebook are so successful and have are swimming in cash that they can afford to have daycare centers and foosball tables and free lattes for everybody. <laughs> right. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 you know, and, you know, give, give their, give people, you know, bring their pets in so their dog and cat can get a massage. Right. While they're at work, it, it, maybe it's because they have oodles of money. <laughs> yep. That yeah, the causation might go the other way, or <laughs> right. It, it, yep. <laughs> well, yep. it's 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 Excel error, you know, circular error. It's like, well, if you have a boat ton of money and a boat ton of cash, and you can, you can afford to do great things for your your employees, then by all means, yeah, they're going to be happier and they're going to stay longer, and and maybe they'll take care of your customers. So, is it virtuous cycle? Perhaps, but virtuous cycle is not employee satisfaction yields customer satisfaction yields financial performance that's not virtuous cycle right right that's an attempt at a syllogism that's not true yep and and i have to admit you get lazy sometimes and you still repeat that you know i find myself slipping into that because it just makes such intuitive sense and people when you when you ask an audience you know happy employees lead to everybody (laughs) will say happy customers every time Mm -hmm. Yeah, and happier customers lead to more <laughs> revenue. And and it's it, and it's not just in business. Ed, this has got such real world practical 
practic uh, application because this is this is the point that Deirdre makes in her book, The Cult of Statistical Significance. Her subtitle to that book is How the Standard Air Costs Us Jobs, Justice, and Lives. And wow. she's got lots of examples. But let me just give you one, not from her book per se, but just from correlation and causation itself is you know the famous Phillips curve from uh, William Phillips, a London School of Economics professor in 1958, right. developed this thing where he plotted unemployment and inflation. Mm -hmm. And it became known as the Phillips curve and that there was this, you know, the only way to get inflation down was to have unemployment go up or vice versa. And Milton Friedman totally destroyed this, has have a bunch of other economists, including a bunch of Austrians, by the way. But right. the Federal Reserve lives and dies by this model. They live and die by it. Mm -hmm. That's why they're constantly tweaking the, the interest rate because they think, oh, the, you know, they'll say the, the economy's heating up, we have to slow it down, whatever. And it's just nonsense and yet the financial press economic press is full of this well they even call it don't they even call it the dual mandate I, yeah i, I think i've seen it yeah it, usually it's a phillips curve but yeah i have seen other terms used for it as well right the dual but mandate which is which is they have to they have to manage unemployment and and interest rate as if as That's if in, charge. as if inflation is caused by too many people working that's just stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid. And and yet, and there's no basis for this in, in empiricism. And yet it's all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And like you said, we, we all fall back into it. I mean, and I think what is Rory calls it heuristics, right? Right. And, well, and others call it heuristics as well. I don't want to give Rory Sutherland credit for coming up with the term heuristics, but it, but but we 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 all do need sometimes these little shortcuts that 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 we we use in our mind. Other ways we'd go mad. Sure. Yeah. Life right. is too complex to study everything. Right. So you know we we can't we can't have we can't we but but I think what we have to do is we just have to be mind mindful of it when we see it in different places and. You know, as as we're we're coming coming down on on toward the next break, I want to share share the, the the one example that happened in my career, and this is a real life example. There's a really really smart guy that I saw doing a presentation a number of years ago, and one one of the things that he posited, um, and I will say, yep, this is this is inside the sage. I don't I don't think that this this belief continues to persevere much anymore, but. This was the his his examination of the data led was the, came out thusly. Companies that own more than one Sage product, so two, two, three, or four Sage products, give are are give us higher satisfaction scores. Mm. Right. Therefore, what do we need to do? We need to we need to cross sell. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's not the, that's not the conclusion. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Did As, you challenge him with what you thought it should be? Yes. Yes. Especially since, especially since that the way that Sage evolved is somewhat happenstance in terms of people owning more than one product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was right? going to say, mean, it'd be weird. That why would you own more than two? 
to accounting programs. Because, but for like, example, because we have we have like a, we had what is fixed assets. Right. Right. Sure. Sure. Right. So you start adding those things on, right? And then they're like, well, but the, they they might not even know that we own the fixed asset program because we bought it from somebody else. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so there was so many problems with this. It was really just interesting, but it, it, it just goes to show you that people really, really smart people can be taken in by these, the, these things that, that I guess on the surface sound correct. But if you just think about it for more than 30 seconds, you're like, well, that, that can't be, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. How do you, how do you know that that's the conclusion that that's the, the correlation? You have no idea. Right. And that's the point. You got to stop and think about it. Yeah. And just, and that sometimes that's hard. We all get lazy. And like you said, we use heuristics and simplified models. Uh, But boy, these causation things and correlations are really, really tricky and you got to untangle them. Um, But Ed, uh, unfortunately, we're up against our next break. And folks, I'd like to remind you if you want to send Ed or me, an email, send it to ask TSOE at verisage.com. We love getting your emails, suggestions for, we've gotten some suggestions, Ed, from question, uh, for questions we should ask Rory, a um, couple from Hector, and there's been others. And, and uh, also go out to iTunes and give the show a rating. If you write a review, uh, Ed or I will read it on the air. And now we want to hear from our sponsors. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about spurious correlations and Ed, just real quick, and then I'll let you take over. But um, there was a book review on a book published in Australia called The Arsonist, and it dealt with the brush fires in Australia. And let me give you one of the conclusions in this book from the author Chloe Hooper. People are more inclined to destruction in places where high youth unemployment, child abuse and neglect, 
intergenerational welfare dependency and poor public transportation <laughs> meet, meet the margins of the bush. So apparently if all those categories correlate with arson in Australia In Australia. And, yeah. and I just, that gets, I read that paragraph and thought, this is just BS. How can you even, how, how'd this get by a competent editor? Because they want to believe it, Ron. I guess so. I, they want to believe it. But the poor public transportation cracked me up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, it, 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 it cracks you up because it's, it's almost, remember that Sesame thing? You know, one of these things is not like the others, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> it's like, you know, at least, at least some of the other ones are, seem plausible, right? Or <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay, you know, right. it, it may not be, but it's like, at least you, you're kind of go, all right, youth unemployment, they sit around doing nothing. Yep. Okay. You know, they're, 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 but poor, <laughs> bad access to public transportation is a little bit. Okay. Yeah. We, we, we just had a train. <laughs> <laughs> would be all right yeah just bring yep. them bus service yeah, it's yeah. you know it's gonna, it's bus gonna go away yeah get bus service out there it'll, it'll who's be gonna good. build the roads in the outback Ooh, we'll build the roads <laughs> Gee, i really wish there was a road all right um i, I want to get a little technical okay on at the 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 risk of really losing the audience on this and we said this was going to be a fun topic so we'll try to keep it light i I, I took a, a number of what was called at the time. I don't know if they call it this anymore, but in college, it's called discrete mathematics, mm. right? Which is probability and statistics and you know some other stuff too. But like, I just loved for for whatever reason the the term discrete mathematics always gives me a chuckle, sure. right? Because it's like, well, be discrete about it, okay? Right, right. One, one plus one equals two. <laughs> pass it on right? have your textbook in the brown paper bag <laughs> exactly <laughs> let's be let's be discreet um and i'm sure it's another meaning of the word discreet i know i'm sure but 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 it, it just always struck me as funny anyway in in being the 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 dyed in the wool libertarian that i am i have i have read a number of things i haven't read full full books but essays by Karl popper mm-hmm. right just an absolutely brilliant mind australian or australian you said australian austrian philosopher and a huge defender of liberal democracy and uh, open society and but one of the things that he i think has absolutely convinced me on is his his idea of rejection of kind of the classic scientific method and in favor of what he called i think empirical falsification and basically what he says is is that you can't Empirical sciences can never be proven, but it can be, they can be falsified, mm-hmm. right? So we don't prove that the speed of light is this. We just, we falsify all of the other things around it and go, therefore, this is the best, best idea that we have. Right. Right. And I think what's important here, and the example, of course, that I think is, is, is classic is you'll hear this stated over and over and over again. Smoking causes cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's actually not true as a statement. Smoking does significantly increase the probability that one will get uh, lung cancer. Right. Right. And there is there, but it's, but it, but you can't say if, if you smoke, you will get cancer. That's not true. It doesn't happen to a hundred percent. Right. That doesn't, it doesn't happen 100%. And, 
so and I think that that's that that's a little bit of a problem for most people because that you know that's where you get into this idea of well when we when we use the term theory right we have to be careful because once you can falsify a theory it's no longer a good theory right, right. however th- where where I think this intersects and I'd love to get your thoughts on this is this notion of your heuristic right yeah all right so maybe we can't we we can't absolutely prove it but we can use stuff as a heuristic and it's good enough. Sure. Right. It's, it's, it's good enough. And no, it's not true in all cases. So therefore it is not, I guess would a law. Right. But it's true in enough cases that we, it, it's okay for us to make decisions based on it. Yeah. In fact, that is kind of one of the points in this book, risk savvy, how to make good decisions by Gerd Gergenzer. Um, German guy, and I think he's the Max Planck Institute. And it's just a brilliant book, Risk Savvy. But that's exactly one of his points, Ed, is um, he's very anti-Dan Ariely. He's very anti-Nudge and Daniel Kahneman because he doesn't believe that um, we're predictably irrational. He, he says in the world of a lot of uncertainty, heuristic make, heuristics make perfect sense and will probably lead to better decisions. Mm-hmm. Rather than say, you know, gather more evidence or some of these ridiculous correlations that we've been looking at. Mm -hmm. So I I think you're right. Now, one thing on this, Karl Popper, and I, I, I have read a couple books by Popper and you're right, he's brilliant. Um, Mm. But the thing is, uh, I've also read Deirdre McClowski, as have you, Mm -hmm. and especially in her book, The Cult of Statistical Significance, she takes on this idea of falsification. And there are some problems with it in the scientific realm. Now, George Gilder considers himself a popperian, and he uses it, but he uses it in the context of business experiments. Mm. And and so does Deirdre, by the way, Mark. And that's what they mean by market tested, right? Your business is, there's no guarantee you're going to make a profit. You're either going to fail or make a profit, but that that's a form of falsification by the market of a, mm-hmm. a business launch or what startup, whatever. But in terms of science, uh, and I was just going through her book this morning, she gives many examples of where pauperism, his falsification principle could derail you. Okay. And it's All really right, interesting. Okay. And, and look, I'm, I, <laughs> some of the stuff is above my pay grade. Okay. I mean, this, <laughs> is, this is really, really technical. You and I could do a whole show on this book. Right. Uh, and it, it, it's absolutely fascinating because even the term statistical significance doesn't mean what we think it means. Right. <clears throat> it's got a very technical definition that she gives, but that that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just do enjoy Popper's notion as a, a, a probably more as a heuristic now that I think sure. about it. Sure. Right. I mean, yes. it's it, it, <laughs> bizarrely enough. I'm it's, it's very meta. Right. So I'm using. Well, I notice when you sometimes, you know, get into threads on Facebook, uh, you know, posting something that's semi-controversial or whatever, um, you know, one of the great questions is what, what evidence would you need to see mm-hmm. to refute your theory or, right. or to change your mind or whatever? And that, that's a valid question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a form of falsification. What would you need to see to come to the contrary opinion? Right. And if the answer is, well, nothing, <laughs> then we can end this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, let, let me, you know, one of, one of uh, Gergenzer's um, points is we live in a risk illiterate society and he wants to see more, you know, probability and, and risk being dealt with in a way that humans can understand it. He doesn't think we do really well with probabilities, but there's ways to convey this information in a way that doctors and even their patients could understand it. But let me just give you one of his examples that I just love. When you hear a meteorologist on the radio say, there's a 30% chance of rain tomorrow. What do you think most people think when they hear that? And what yeah, do you no, think this the is a great question. And, and what yeah. do you think the meteorologists mean when they say there's a 30% chance of rain tomorrow? Well, some believe that, you know, it's going to rain 30% of the time tomorrow. Right. Right. Others think that, well, it maybe it's only going to rain in about 30% of the region that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Others think that, well, that means probably that three out of 10 meteorologists think it will rain and seven don't. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it means at all. What they're actually trying to communicate is that it will rain on 30% of the days for which this announcement is made. Right. <laughs> now, that, that's not very intuitive. No, it's it's definitely not. And there, there, that that is how I have take it. And maybe it's because I've taken probability and statistics classes, right? but right. you know, and it was, it was just like this whole thing with the, with the, uh, the election and Donald Trump it was like, you know, well, it was, what, how, what happened? It was a 90% chance that, that Hillary was going to win. Well, Ugh. yeah. So every once in a while, you know, one out of 10 wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Thanksgiving fallacy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's the way it <laughs> happens. Right. But but I do want to before we go to the last break, I, I do want to talk about one that it really is the 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 the, the big magilla in business, right? The the big big miss. Uh, and again, I think th- this was brought home to me by talking to, to uh, and studying Rory Sutherland and and others. I, it may have been also to John Mackey, right? Mm-hmm. And that is that the that this default value, and we've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it in 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 in. in direct uh, correlation to this thing on correlation, right? And that is that the purpose of businesses is to seek profits, mm-hmm. right? And, and the reason is, is you look at all successful businesses and you say, oh, look, these businesses that are successful, they're profitable, right? Right? <laughs> yep. Look at, look at all these, the, these businesses that have done really well, that have been successful, they have lots of profits, I guess, their purpose was to be profitable. And the example is, well, is the purpose of a giraffe to get a long neck? <laughs> right. Like, well, no, that's not the purpose of a giraffe to get it. No. But why does a giraffe, why is a giraffe, giraffe's neck long? Well, because over time and evolution, it has, the, the, the neck has stretched out. And those, uh, those of the species that survived were ones that happened to get longer and longer necks so that they could get to the, the, the nutrients that trees that were higher and higher above the, where, where other animals could, could, could graze. Right. Right. And so that's, that's why the giraffe's neck is long, but a giraffe doesn't, you know, isn't born going, Oh, I got to grow my neck. Right. <laughs> that's the, the, and I think the same thing is true of businesses, right? We, we, we see these businesses that are successful and say, Oh, they must be there to seek profit. No, they're to do whatever their purpose was. They're right. around to do what their purpose was. The ones that we see happen to survive. And Ed, nowhere is that better illustrated than some than in our entrepreneur heaven shows that we used to talk about, you know, with dead entrepreneurs. 
um, every one of them, from Marriott, Ford, Disney, you name it, it was they never talked about profit. They never talked about profit first. They said, sure, you got to make a profit, but that's not why you're in business. Right. And that gets lost somewhere in the whole, you know, business is here to make a profit. No, there's a lot of people, and and it, look, there's a there's a pretty good consultant who, who I happen to like a lot. Profits who leaves profits first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, that's not exactly true. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we're again against this last break. Again, Ron Goins going by so quickly as the shows often do. A quick reminder about our Patreon site: P A T R. Uh, E-O-N, Patreon, and where you can go, patreon.com slash T-S-O-E. And that is if you're interested in listening to bonus episodes, which we will have right after this show, and where we talk about about our topics more, as well as extended Free Rider Fridays, that type stuff, please take a listen there. Uh, in a big announcement, we are going to have our guest in two weeks, Rory Sutherland, has agreed to stay on for an additional hour. So not only if you're on if you're on the Patreon site only, will you get the second hour of that show. So you might want to consider subscribing to that before that happens. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about spurious correlations. And Ed, before we continue, I we should talk about our Verisage Down Under. We hold a Verisage Symposium, which basically means to drink or something like that. <laughs> to I'll drink together. To, to, to drink, drink together. together. That's so yeah. what a symposium is, yep. Uh, and, and we try and do this biannually, so every other year. And we've, I don't know, we've done four or five of these, and they've all been in the United States. And there's always such a large... Australian contingent that comes to these thanks to our Australian fellows down under, um, you know, John Chisholm and, um, uh, P, um, Matthew toll, Matthew toll, Matthew Burgess, David Wells, uh, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, and so we decided to hold our next symposium in November down under, and it's going to 
kicked off on November 12th with a day in Melbourne that's actually going to be hosted by the Art of Value and InnoVim, which is John Chisholm's consulting practice. And they're going to talk about transforming your firm. And then the Verisage event will start on the evening of the 13th uh, with a cocktail reception and run through the 15th. So it'll be Verisage fellows and founders and guests. And that's going to be held in Geelong, which is about 70 miles from Melbourne, 70 miles south. I've been there. It's absolutely beautiful. John's picked a, a lovely space. Uh, and he's also planned some events. So we'll get uh, a lot of good Australian food, seafood, an Australian wine, of course. And uh, those dates are November 12th through the 15th. And Ed, the website is? Verisage.com slash VDU for Verisage Down Under. So Verisage.com slash VDU. So check it out, folks. It's uh, we'll, we'll put a link up to it in the show notes, but uh, check that out. We're really excited. I think this is going to be the biggest symposium we've ever had, Ed. I agree. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. No. All right. Well, I, I, you know, one more thing from this Risk Savvy book, because you talk about real-world consequences. Uh, th- this is really... It. And this was the first time that I really ran across this argument that really explained it well. But uh, Gergenzer explains that pre-screening for cancer actually hasn't, there's no proven mortality reduction. So, you know, say that you're, you know, uh, various institutions, hospitals, screening clinics, whatever, will say, oh, well, there's a five-year survival rate of 100%, right? Well, that's only if they can get you to do the screening earlier. You know, if you do a screening at 60, um, and, and let's say you die at 70, no matter what what happens, you die at 70. Right. If you screen at 60, well, then yeah, they find something, and you have cancer. They're gonna have they're gonna be able to say a 100% five year survival rate. But if you discover cancer due to symptoms symptoms at 67, you're not gonna have a five year survival rate. But you're gonna die in either case at age 70. This is known as lead time bias, and it affects PSA screening and mammography as well. And as he he says, there's no proven mortality reduction, only proven harm because of false positives, because of radiation tests for, you know, other types of uh, screens or whatever they might do. And that's a big problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and wow, when I read that, that really changed my idea of, of, you know, PSA test or whatever, because there's a ton of false positives and it may detect something that's there, but never manifests itself as cancer. Right. Yep. And, and which is great lead in run. Cause I think that's, that's one thing that is important to think about in, in a business context too, is the difference between type one and type two errors. The, 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 I'll see if I can make this simple because you can get really lost in this because it's a, it's a two by two, but it, you know, there's, there's Greek letters involved in this. Sure. So I don't want to throw people off of this. You just, all right. So the, the, the first is, okay. So what if we have, if we have a, a, a test and it, it fails to detect that we, that the case is true. So say it's a test for cancer, right? And it fails to detect that you do, in fact, have cancer. That's what's known as a type 1 error. Right. Right? Of course, it, it's, if it gets it right, you know, then it's detected it, you're, you're good to go. But then there's the type 2 error, which you talked about it as... Uh, um, false negative. 
false negative, right? Which is okay. So you you um, you know I think I messed them up. So I just I, I gave I gave the first one. The first one is the false positive, right? Positive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That type one is the false positive. So you, you don't have cancer, but it says that you do. That's the right. false positive. That's the type one error. Then the type two error is the inverse, where it it you you miss it, right? Yep. And there there is a was an interesting conversation that was had by you know I know we talked a little bit about Jordan Peterson and, and I caught a video and it was Jordan Peterson against this guy in the audience, not against. They were they were talking back and forth and you didn't see the guy in the audience, but I I identified the guy's voice immediately as John McWhorter. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Who is another professor of linguistics. Right. Yep. And they were they were talking about this exact ex- exact thing about this, the difference between these type one and type two errors. And look, it, it, what what what, you know, I'll, I'll leave the situation off because it's not germane to the conversation. But Peterson's point was, is that what we we go far too. Well, one way that we go too far is to just be absolutely accepting of false positives. Mm-hmm. Right, that it's just better to accept the false positive, right, right, and it th- that's not because that that the false negative can be extraordinarily detrimental, right? The test that doesn't detect that you have cancer, yep, right, exactly. That's that's really bad, <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and, and I think that, that a lot of, a lot of times we, we just, we just accept, well, like the PSA test. Well, we, yes, it has a tremendous number of false positives, but we're willing to accept that. Um, not to mention that the, to the, the, the psychological damage that those false positive tests do to people. Oh yeah. In risk savvy, right? he points out in the early days of AIDS, uh, there were false positive, eight people tested, seven of them committed suicide. Mm-hmm. This was in the early days, you know, when AIDS was a big scare. It led, by the way, Ed, to Gergenzer's his first law. And I love this. He says, the more the media report on a health risk, the smaller the danger for you. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, has that held up. Oh, don't yeah. drink coffee. Don't eat margin. Don't, you know, all this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And we get caught up into it. And you talk about correlation. Look at some of the dietary uh, views that have changed over time. Oh, no, I know. Just and and wildly swinging back and forth. Butter, margarine, that's one, right? Salt and not, 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 not salt. You know, I think that that, that's still, that's still a a, a ballyway with a lot of people. What are you putting salt on that for? You get high blood pressure, right? No, 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 no. (laughs) You know, another thing that Deirdre points out in her book, The Cult of Statistical Significance, and I love this too, statistical significance is not the same thing as scientific finding. It's misleading at best. That is a great point. And, and she also quotes Edward Demings, who said, mm-hmm. statistical significance provides no rational plan of action. Uh, and then, and this kind of ties into your popper discussion, Ed, but I, I love this too, and this is Deirdre again. The mainstream in science, as any scientist will tell you, is often wrong. Otherwise, come to think of it, science would be complete. <laughs> I mean, we always say that science progresses by, uh, you know, dissent, not consensus. Uh-huh. And that's what disturbs me about the climate change debate. You know, well, it's like it's settled. It's, science is not settled. I mean, some things in science are, but <laughs> right. not something like that. 
One one of my favorites, and I'm and I'm missing the the misremembering the name of the person who said this. Maybe you might recall, but I, I love this notion that if a, if an old scientist or really anyone, uh, someone old in their profession, all right, we're, I think we're done, Ed. Next week, Free Rider Friday. I'll yes, see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week, folks, Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be doing Free Rider Friday. Also, contact Ed or myself, ask TSOE at Verisage.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. <laughs>